What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to another episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. My name is Doug McCann, credential member of Dodgers Media. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And we've got a jam-packed Friday fun show. I got my Friday fun shirt on. We have so much to get into in the world of Dodger baseball. Shohei Otani had his first scrum at Dodgers spring training. We have the big takeaways from that. We're also going to give you seven storylines that you need to be following for spring training. We got some injury updates about Dustin May. Clayton Kershaw says he's going to be back to good as new. But if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel, the number one Dodgers YouTube channel in the game. And also, you want to be eligible for all of our giveaways. All of our giveaways, just to be eligible, you have to do two things. Be subscribed and comment done down below. We're going to be announcing our next giveaway very soon. We just shipped a brand new authentic Shohei Otani number 17 Dodgers jersey. So you definitely want to be a part of that. And of course, as always, we got our Dodgers dugout live poll question of the show. And I asked you guys over on Dodgers Nation X. We got to call it the X now. It's not the designated Twitter. I asked you guys over on X. Will Shohei Otani go down as a Mount Rushmore Dodgers. And right now, 82% say yes. I'm a little shocked. A little shocked, Gary. 82% say that Otani, without playing one regular season game, is going to go down as a Mount Rushmore Dodger. We're talking about Vin Scully and Jackie Robinson and Sandy Koufax and Tommy Lasorda and Clayton Kershaw, names like that. It is possible. I'll tell you what he needs to do to do that. And I also asked you guys over on Twitter. We'll do a little designated Twitter section later what is the most money you've ever spent on dodgers tickets what game was it for what was the game how much did you spend because if you look at those super bowl tickets they are crazy two million dollar boxes the get in price the get in price is almost 9k for the super bowl 9k for that price i better be calling plays for that price, Tupac better fly in from Cuba and do the halftime show. I mean, that's a lot of dope. Gary, what's the most money you've ever dropped on a on a Dodgers ticket? Uh, five, Five bills? What games before? Uh, that one's for actually, the Cowboys game. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. How about you, Noel? Most money you've ever spent on a ticket for a Dodgers game? Three bills, huh? Taking Vivian out, huh? Big date night with Viv? Okay, I don't want to put you on blast. Yeah, for me, it was game one of the 2017 World Series. Me and my friend Joe, we met these two people in Koreatown. We thought the tickets were going to be fake, and it was a very interesting situation. The people were... Really cool, though, and we end up getting, I think I've dropped like nine bills on that ticket. But let me know down below in the comment section what is the most money you've ever spent on a Dodgers ticket. But here for the first pitch, we give you all the Dodgers news you need to know. We have to start with Camelback Ranch, Arizona, the Dodgers in spring training. Of course, you saw a few days ago, pitchers and catchers reporting. Otani showed up wearing his Hugo Boss hat. You had Yoshinobu Yamamoto with his Air Force Ones. Clayton Kershaw was back at Camelback Ranch. But we have to start with Shohei Otani, who met with reporters this morning. Not too many humongous groundbreaking, earth-shattering takeaways. He did say he's going to be ready to go for Seoul. He said he is going to be ready health-wise, so that's definitely good to hear. And also he said that he's going to act like he's a rookie as he settles in with the Dodgers. So he's going to treat this like it is his rookie season. And I think that says a lot 
about Shohei Otani. The fact that this is a multi-time MVP award winner. This is someone who just signed, even if you want to use the present day value of 460 million, if you want to use the 700 million, whatever it is, he just signed the most lucrative contract in Dodgers history, in baseball history, and he's treating this like a rookie. He's already grinding taking swings, hitting balls off a tee. He's putting in that work. And look, this is someone who, it's no surprise to me. This is what happens when you combine God-given talent, God-given ability with unmatched work ethic. And that's exactly what he has. He is someone that wants this so bad. The, the guy that we just signed is someone that has never competed in a postseason game. It'd be one thing if he had already won his World Series, like Mookie had, like Freddie has, but this is someone who is as hungry as any player ever has been in the history of Major League Baseball to win a World Series. He needs a World Series like I need oxygen, like I need water. And it's no surprise to me that he's already putting in work, that he has that mindset that he is a rookie, because let's not forget, this is someone who joined Major League Baseball when he really could have made a lot more money. He could have made 200 plus more million dollars had he just waited two years, two years. Instead, made under $5 million, right? This is someone who took a minor league deal just to start the process of playing in Major League Baseball. That's how committed he was, and it's all paid off. He's going to have that same approach. For me, there's a quote my granddad used to tell me that, I think of when I think of Shohei Otani, the man who does more than he is paid for will soon be paid for more than he does. That is the mindset for Shohei Otani. It's not about the Benjamins, right? It's about the baseball. This is someone who eats, sleeps, and breathes baseball 24-7, 365. And I don't hold this against Mookie Betts. I love bowling. I love the fact that he bowls and he has other interests, but you will not see Shohei Otani doing anything other than practicing and grinding and putting in work. And you have to feel really good about your investment if you are the Los Angeles Dodgers. So Shohei Otani in Dodger blue, the media scrum, it looked like Michael Jordan's retirement press conference almost with how many reporters I've sat out there. I've stood out there and maybe if it's Dave Roberts, you got me, Jack Harris, Fabian Ardaya, David Vassay. You got all the beat writers, Juan Toribio, Bill Plunkett, Kurt Kirsten Watson. You can count on two hands. Maybe if you take off your shoes, you might need to use your toes sometimes if there's a big story. But never have I ever seen anything to that magnitude that we saw in these pictures where it is such a superstar in Shohei Otani. Everyone wants a piece of him, and I think he's going to handle it very, very well. In fact, Clayton Kershaw, we're going to talk about here in a second, he even said that it almost takes the pressure off of guys like Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, the other stars that have put together Hall of Fame careers, but they're not going to have as much attention. So that is the latest on Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani spoke to reporters, said he's going to treat this season like he's a rookie, also said that he is healthy and ready to go for Seoul. I've already planted my flag, and I said that Shohei Otani is going to hit 50 home runs this season, and he's going to set a new Dodgers franchise record, and I think he's going to hit the first home run of the year. I'm all in. Shohei Otani, 24-7, 365. And I think I've seen people out there, can he win MVP? I'm not so sure he can win MVP as a DH. I don't think the war numbers will allow that, unless he does something insane. What if he hit 70, right? What if he hit 70? 
What if he just goes crazy? I mean, his career high is 46. He hit 44 last season. I'm not saying he's going to hit 70, but he would have to do something so above and beyond, sort of similar to what Aaron Judge did a few years ago, breaking Roger Maris's record and becoming the guy that many believe is the true home run king. He would have to do that to be an MVP winner. But let me know down below in the comment section, what are your thoughts on seeing Shohei Otani rolling up in that Porsche, looking fresh, ready to go, putting in work, let me know down below in the comment section. We got, damn, we got, uh, <laughs> I'll read anything. I don't know why, but back to back, Nate. I love Otani, but Dodgers, Mount Rushmore is Kershaw, Vin, Jackie, and Koufax. Who is he going to pass? And that was the poll question that I asked you guys, what will it take? Is he going to be a Dodgers, Mount Rushmore player? And the problem is the bar is set so incredibly high. The bar is set so high that, you almost have to do things that are unprecedented. You would have to go on such a run to pass guys like Vin Scully, who his contributions weren't on the field statistically as a player, but the Dodgers would not have Otani without Vin Scully. Well, you're like, DMAC, what are you talking about? I'll tell you why. Because Vin Scully, they used to say that you could drive around Los Angeles any time of day, a day game, night game. If there was a Dodger game playing, you could walk into any street of Los Angeles and hear Vince Scully's voice coming out of cars, coming out of barbershops, coming out of restaurants, right? There was a time when this was the car capital of the world, right? People hung out in their cars. They drove around their cars. You didn't have HD TV. You didn't have 4k 2160 P. I didn't even know the 8k was 2160 P, but you didn't have that, right? People listened to games in their cars and Vince Scully deserves as much credit as I even think O'Malley for building the Dodgers into what they are as far as their popularity and ingratiating them into a community. So I think Vince Scully, it's tough to top Vince Scully. I'm telling you, especially people like myself that grew up on the guy, ask your dad, ask your uncle, ask your aunt. They'll tell you, I was going to sleep as a kid and under my pillow, I had my old transistor radio listening to Vince Scully. So that would be tough to top. Jackie Robinson, I almost think that he's in his own tier. I almost think that you could have someone else take Jackie Robinson because he is his own tier, right? What he did for baseball transcends the sport. He did something for society at large. He was a transcendent American icon. He's a true American hero. So you want to have him on your Mount Rushmore more than happy because still per 162 games, his war per 162 Jackie Robinson is still first all time in Major League Baseball for the Dodgers franchise history. So Jackie Robinson was a hell of a player. Sandy Koufax is someone that put this team on his back, led them to two World Series titles. I think if it's one game to win, if the aliens came down and yet the aliens are pointing the beam at us and we have one game to win and I can pick any pitcher in their prime, I'm not even hesitating. I'm going with Sandy Koufax, a sub one postseason ERA Go look at the, the video I dropped on Kerfax, uh, Kershaw versus Koufax and his heroics, and you'll see that Koufax, there was just nothing better than him. But you also have Clayton Kershaw, and you have some other players that you could maybe enter the conversation if you want to talk about what Fernando Valenzuela did from a historic standpoint as far as his cultural impact. You could include him. You got... Duke Snyder, Don Drysdale, Steve Garvey, Oral Hershiser, kind of down the list. But really, that's your big four. That's the Mount Rushmore right now. Jackie Robinson, Sandy Koufax, Vin Scully, and Tommy Lasorda. 
No one bled blue like Tommy Lasorda. You know the idea of Dodger blue? Really, I had Fred Clare on the show a couple days ago. We're going to drop that interview this week. It was a combination of Fred Clare and Tommy Lasorda just building the idea of Dodger blue, right? No one says Cardinals red, right? No one says Yankees dark navy. No one says Marlins teal, right? No one says Giants ugly Halloween orange, right? No one says that. But the concept of Dodger blue that is rooted in Tommy Lasorda. Also, go back and look at him in Bakwava when he came to the mound. You know, he said, you know, you can hit water if he fell off an effing boat. Tommy Lasorda is the goat, man. I love Tommy Lasorda. But for Otani to get on that list, for Otani to have a chance to enter the Mount Rushmore conversation, I think bare minimum, he would have to win three World Series titles. Three World Series titles and at least two MVP awards. That is how he would enter the conversation. If you look at the Dodgers in their history, MVPs, 1913, you got Jake Dubart, Dazzy Vance in 1924, Dolph Camilli in 1941, Jackie in 49, Campanella won three, 51, 53, and 55, Newcomb in 56, Wills in 62 when he broke Ty Cobb's record for stolen bases in the season, Koufax 63, Garvey 74, Givey in 88, Kirsch in 14, and then Belly in 19. So you notice that list outside of Roy Campanella, you don't have a multi-time winner. And if, if Shohei Otani led this team to multiple World Series titles, won multiple World Series MVPs, and won three World Series, I think he enters the Mount Rushmore. I think that is what it would take. But let me know down below in the comment section, what do you think it would take for Shohei Otani to enter that? I like this Danny Cortez. Damn, but no pressure on this guy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, you know. I got high standards for Shohei Otani, okay? He's a freaking unicorn, all right? That's a fire take, though. Love that. We got, was David V? Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I doubt it. Uh, oh, when he said... I have no idea. Uh, Shohei Utani is going to go out and, and stress leave all these expectations. We got, uh, I'm bleeding Padre Diarrhea Brown. That's from that's from Samuel Ellis over there. We got Happy Friday all from IB Stroking. Good morning, Dodger Peeps, DKM, Rod Wilson, and pitch at least four no-nos. Rod Wilson. Yeah, I mean, what if he wins a couple Cy Young awards? What if he wins a Cy Young and an MVP? What if he pitches a perfect game? What if he pitches a no-hitter? All that would add to his legacy. We got Mr. Classic, Yamamoto going to be sick. We got Luis, a race for most home runs. Shohei versus Judge would be so sick. Imagine every weekend they're tied so hyped for this year. Craig Osterberg, three World Series titles. Yeah, he had three but he led them to two, 63 and 65. He was on that 1959 team that beat the Chicago White Sox. It was the Dodgers' first title in Los Angeles, but that was before Sandy Koufax really became Sandy Koufax. I don't want to get too into the story, but he was a bonus baby. They had to keep on the big league roster. Later, his teammate told him not to throw the ball as hard as he could, and that really unlocked him, Larry Sherry. But uh, watching live stream on Facebook is like going to a Dodgers game at AT&T Stadium. You're there for the right reasons, but in the wrong venue. <laughs> That's from Ethan over there. We got Geshmeg. I had dinner to Vin Scully and fell asleep to Ross Porter's Dodger Talk post-game program at night. That's a that's a I like that's a good way for sure. This makes me get some nostalgia. And I want baseball here, Vin. Win. 
Perfect. in my mind. Yeah, I still do as well. Jackie is the Lincoln Monument of Baseball, not the Mount Rushmore. Absolutely. Yeah, you could not have said it better than that. He is the Lincoln Monument, not the Mount Rushmore. Absolutely. Uh, this needs to have 200K. Okay, so Shohei Otani needs to have 200,000 strikeouts, 41 home runs, and 41 stolen bases here. Multiple championships put Otani on the Mount Rushmore. from David E. Sierra Brew, he might win MVP if he can surpass your doppelganger, my man Will Smith, is going to have a season like he's never seen before. Smith for MVP. That's a hot take right there. You got Will Smith for MVP. Okay, so some other Dodgers news here on the first pitch. We got Dustin May. We got Dustin May transferred to the 60-day IL. That made room for the Ryan Brazier signing, which they made official a two-year, $9 million deal. He does have incentives in that deal. So Dustin May, he's got to attack this rehab. Hopefully we see him towards the end of next season at some point after the All-Star break. And Dustin May, he was transferred to the 60-day IL. I think the big question is, is one day, is Code Red going to be transferred to the closers role, a bullpen role, be a lethal bullpen piece? I definitely think that, it could happen. I would prefer to see if he can get it done as a starting pitcher first before they go that route. But he's so talented. He's so filthy that he's going to be able to have success in whatever role. It's just about staying on the mound. But uh, Mr. Classic says, Dustin May got to get back on the right track. His career is flashing before our eyes. Yeah, you know, it's crazy to think that Dustin May is only a little over a year older than Bobby, May, uh, Bobby Miller. So let's not forget how young he is. And then last little topic here on the first pitch is about Clayton Kershaw. So we talked extensively about Kershaw yesterday and his comments to the media and him talking about, he said, I really have never made a big decision in my life. He said, I got drafted by the Dodgers. I married the same girl from high school. I didn't have many decisions to make along the way. This was really kind of the first off season where I had some choices to make and I, it wasn't easy. Honestly, I think summer is about as good as I can do. It's probably not early summer. I hate saying a timetable because if I go below it or beyond it, it's not good. But I would say July-ish, August-ish, somewhere in there, I don't know. So he said he's very confident he's going to be back. And he also said that he feels like he's going to be as good as new based on what Dr. Neil Elitrotch told him. He said that he's going to be as good as new. Now, what does that actually mean, though? Does that mean that we're going to get a version of Prime Kirsch back where the velocity is going to be up on the fastball? Or are we just going to get pre-injury Clayton Kershaw? I think it's more likely that we get the curse that we saw before he went down with the injury. And the good news about that is that is still a very effective player a pitcher that's still top 20 in this league. It's about the fastball command. It's about having the feel for that slider, using that curveball. So if you get that version of Clayton Kershaw, I'm very, very confident that you're going to get a guy that has a sub-4 ERA that is going to be a low-walk guy that has above-average strikeout rate. Let's not forget that before he went down with the injury last year, he was really, really good. He was one of the best pitchers in baseball. We're talking about him for this side young. But uh, what are your expectations for Clayton Kershaw when he returns, do you think that it's fair to expect an ace-level version of Kirsch, or are you going to be a diminished version? Because I think that he's someone that he's afraid. He's terrified of being average. He's one of those guys where his biggest competition is himself. The thought of being a back-end guy, the thought of being a back-end guy, I think motivates him. I think what inspires him is his fear of being average. He does not want to be that guy. We got... Uh, 
Ivy Stroke and Preseason Gas Money Fund. I appreciate you over there. We're definitely going to need that. We got some interesting topics. Damn Grim, Doug, D oh, wait, damn, come on, D-Mac, Kike. Yeah, I don't think Kike is going to be back. I mean, I think the only way he could be back is if you move off of Manuel Margot. And if you look at Margot's deal, you're going to around $10 million. The Rays included up to $4 million in that deal. We didn't see him at Dodger Fest. Do they think that maybe they can move off of him in a trade and then re-sign Kike? I'm not saying it's not possible, but it could happen. It absolutely could happen. But I don't think that it's likely at this point. But I wouldn't completely rule it out either because what Kike does that Margot doesn't do is he plays in the infield. He can play the outfield and the infield. But Margot is someone that has been a little more consistent at the plate throughout his career. Let's not forget that Kike, he was really struggling in Boston. He did not fare well in Beantown. And they fixed his swing a little bit. He did have some set success at the plate as a Dodger, but he still was an above average bat for only a few weeks. At the end of the day, he was a below average bat with the Dodgers. So that definitely hurt him. But I would love to see Kike back, but it only could happen as if you could trade Manuel Margot. Now, another interesting rumor that we're going to get into is about a closer that the Dodgers could bring back. Now, we talked about this last week, but we have a new rumor about former Dodger Kenley Jansen. That's coming up next here on Dodgers Dugout Live. What up, Dodgers Nation? D-Mag here. I'm here to remind you that if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, hype videos, interviews, breakdowns, live streams, and more all year long. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to help the channel out, smash that like button. Also, you will not be eligible for any of our giveaways unless you are subscribed to the channel. So all you need to do to be eligible for all of our giveaways is just make sure that you are subscribed. We just gave away a brand new authentic Mookie Betts jersey valued at over $350. And we got tons of giveaways coming this offseason. So be sure to be subscribed so you are eligible to win. And as always, think blue, bleed blue, and please subscribe. And welcome back to Dodgers Dugout Live here on the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. If you haven't yet, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button for your Los Angeles Dodgers. Got some comments down below. Going to get to you guys. We got Ken Prada over on YouTube. He should pick up the tab so us bottom feeder fans that struggle financially can still attend games. We got Sal Pasadena checking in. That's from Golf over there on YouTube. Dukies is over on YouTube. It's not going to be easy for Otani with so much star power, he might be competing for MVP with the guys on his team. Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, it's a really good point right there. There's tons of talent on this team, but I think the fact that those guys exist as protection for Otani in that lineup is only going to make Otani produce even more because as great as Freddie and Mookie are, last year there were two top three candidates. And Mookie was runner-up in the MVP, and his teammate Freddie Freeman was right behind him. They're guys that are just a tiny bit older than Otani and Mookie. And then Freddie is someone that is in his mid-30s, right? So I think for Otani, I think he's still in his peak prime. So I expect him to put up big numbers, especially when you consider that he is going to be focusing only on raking at the plate. We got back-to-back -back Nate over on YouTube. DMAC, do you think Yamamoto will have a better rookie year than Nomo? Wow, that's a really good question because Nomo led the league in strikeouts with over 200 strikeouts. Nomo was really, really good his first year in Dodger Blue. 
Yamamoto, though, I'm predicting him to win the Cy Young and the Rookie of the Year. Nomo also won the Rookie of the Year as well. But I think Yoshinobu Yamamoto's stuff is going to translate in day one, and I think that he's going to take off. I think that there's no familiarity from other teams with him. He's still young. He's 25 years of age, and his stuff's electric. His command, his forkball is lethal. I think that opposing hitters are not going to be ready for that kind of action from Yamamoto in year one. I think that he's going to be fantastic. But will he have a better year than Nomo? Well, Nomo had a 254 ERA as a rookie. He pitched 191 in the thirds innings. He had 236 strikeouts. That led all of Major League Baseball. He also led baseball with 11.1 strikeouts per nine. So I don't think he'll have more strikeouts than Nomo. I definitely don't think he'll pitch more innings than Nomo, but I do think there's a chance that he does have an ERA in that range at 254. But it's wild to think that Nomo was that good, that young, and it never really worked out past the next couple of seasons, right? I mean, they trade him less than 20 months after throwing that no hitter there in Colorado. So yeah, by the way, good little plug there because I'm dropping a video on Sunday with former Dodgers general manager, Fred Claire. And with the 30th anniversary of Hideo Nomo, a fast approaching, we talked all about it. It's really fascinating. In fact, here's a little tease. The Dodgers were close to trading Hideo Nomo for Randy Johnson for the big unit. The best pitcher in the game. Can you imagine that? One of only four pitchers in the history of the game with more than three Cy Young. So can you imagine Randy Johnson in Dodger Blue? It almost happened, and it was going to be a trade with Hideo No, but it just never materialized. Getting some more comments here, and we're going to continue on this show. We got DMAC Dodgers legend. I appreciate you over there, Lawrence. A bring back Ted Lilly. We got he should pick up the tab. So was Bob. Okay, I got, let's go down. We got another super chat. $5. Okay, I think I already passed that once. Go down here. We got at least Dustin May isn't being paid like Dryford. Hepatitis, see you later. Yeah, unfortunately, Dryford was just so injured. That arm was just never right. And he even had the bubonic plague at one point during his Dodger career. Go look it up. Hey, Doug, pardon me. I'm late, Justin Lamas. Hey, as long as you're not late, never, never, never too late, man. If you're late, we can always rewind. Watch the whole stream. I mean, I hope that you watch the whole stream after like two or three times. I mean, binge watch Dodgers dugout live. Uh, DKM, hey, D Mag, what is that is why he should stay and let him get better. I want to see him be our new partner in Dodgers Nation, please. Uh, no Kenley, done and done. Always love Kershaw. That is from Teresa Gates. I've never seen Will Smith laugh before. Wow. Guess me. I made uh, Smith laugh a few times. Go back and look at my interview with him at the Blue Diamond Gala. And one of the ways I made him laugh is I told him that everyone says that we look alike. And now that we finally have video proof of us at the same place at the same time, we can debunk that myth. But Will Smith is focused, okay? I don't care that he laughs. I care that he makes other pitchers cry, right? Because he hits bombs and dingers and home runs and has a big year. But uh, Mr. Classic, Devin Williams is available. Tanner Scott is available. Trade for him. So, Let's get back into this, and we got to talk about him again. Kenley Jansen and the Kenley Jansen to the Dodgers rumors just will not go away. They will not go away, even after, even after the Dodgers went out there and traded for Tyler Glass now, and they made moves this season. You brought back Ryan Brazier as a free agent. Even though you bolstered this rotation and this bullpen 
there's still a chance that the Dodgers could trade for Kenley Jansen. Last night on Dodger Talk, Dave Vasse said the Phillies are in active talks with the Red Sox about Kenley Jansen. Also, MLB Network's John Morosi said that the Phillies and the Dodgers are both possibly in the mix for Kenley Jansen, that they could land him. So there's some more comments from Xavier Scruggs talking about that he's a guy that could put a team over the top. So would the Dodgers actually trade for Kenley Jansen? It would require someone, I'm assuming, you got to trade one of the young gun pitchers, right? Possibly. I mean, a bat, an outfield bat, an infielder, someone that has higher upside. I mean, he's not someone that's going to require elite prospects or anything like that, but it's more about the money too. He's owed $16 million in the final year of his contract. Would the Red Sox be willing to pay any of that salary in order to get a better prospect from the Dodgers? And would the Dodgers want to do that, right? I mean, would it be a Landon Knack type? I mean, for a Kenley Jansen, would it be Andy Pajes type? Or would it be someone down the line? I guarantee you guys like Emmett Sheehan and Josue DePaula, Diego Cartaya, those games, those types of names are not going to be included in a deal for Kenley Jansen. But you go to that next tier, maybe that's what they're looking at. I personally don't think the Dodgers should go the Kenley Jansen route. He's still good. He's good. Make no mistake about it. Last season, he converted 29 of 33 saves and the velocity was up. He had a 94.3 mile per hour average on his cutter. That was the highest velocity he's had on his cutter since 2014. And on top of that, he's back to throwing his cutter the vast majority of the time. And it is his bread and cutter again. He threw it 79% of the time. So if you remember, that number was down. That cutter usage had dropped in his last couple years with the Dodgers. And it makes you wonder, can he be that effective pitcher can he be that guy you can count on as your closer because ryan brazier evan phillips those guys are tailor-made to be high leverage arms that you deploy against the four five and six hitters the three four and five hitters the two three and four hitters in big spots in big moments and kenley jansen someone it's more comfortable taking the ball in a clean inning in the ninth and slamming the door shut so if you're looking for the pros if you want to talk yourself into kenley jansen the things i would look at are like i just mentioned the velocity is back up on that cutter it's the highest it's been since 2014 average 94.3 miles per hour and then also on top of that he's doing 78 percent of the time just give you an idea on how that's up when he was with the dodgers in his last year in 2021 he was throwing his cutter 58 percent of the time so that number was down then it went up with the braves at 65 percent then 78 percent last season with the boston red sox so when kenley was at his best it's when that cutter was most effective you look at prime kenley Stowing that cutter 82% of the time, 85% of the time, 83% of the time. So that's something to feel good about if you want to talk yourself into it. But the other way to look at it is maybe Kenley Jansen isn't going to be the guy that you can expect to produce, the guy you can expect to look anything like he did when he was at his very best. I mean, his FIP, if you look at the walk rates, been up. So for me, I think it's more down the lines of Kenley is someone that we know the talent's always there. The extension to the plate is elite. We know that when he has the feel for his cutter, it's a damn near unhittable pitch. Only thing that scares me about Kenley is that it's always a mental component. And 
does he revisit some of that if he's back in Dodger blue? Does the catcher-pitcher relationship have an impact? Does he get back to the guy that starts to think too much? And that's when you get bad Kenley. And all it takes is one bad pitch. Just look at 2017, Marwin Gonzalez, World Series. Guess what? For all the cheating, cheating scandal, this and that, Dodgers win that game, they still probably win, right? You go up 2-0 in that series, you still probably win. And that was when Kenley Jansen was still in his prime. Oh, how about the next season? Well, a lot of people forget about this home run because the Dodgers won this game. But game three of the 2018 World Series, Jackie Bradley Jr., he hits that home run. He ties that game. And then that freaking game had to last 50,000 innings. It was longer than the 1939 World Series, right? I mean, that was a game that lasted seven hours and 20 minutes, the longest game in Major League Baseball history. And then you jump to 2020. He couldn't get it done in game four. And you remember Brett Phillips, the airplane. He's airplane and Brett Phillips is airplaning. You got Randy Rose Arena. You got that Tampa Bay Rays team that let them back into that series. And then what happened the next night? You go to Blake Trinan in the following game. You went to Julio Urias. So for me, like I've said about Kenley Jansen, very talented. He's someone who's a Dodgers legend. I think you could easily have the conversation about him being included in the legends of Dodger baseball. He's a legend of Dodger baseball, but I think having him come back for one more act, I'm not so sure I want to go down that road. I mean, if you look at his career, 420 career saves, he's the all-time Dodgers career save leader with 350 saves. I mean, he's someone who's had a fantastic career, but to me, it's like trying to reheat McDonald's French fries, right? You don't want to do that. They're not going to taste the same. It's not going to feel like prime Kenley Jansen once again, I'd rather go out there and be patient and see if I could get a lefty or maybe a Devin Williams. We're going to talk about that here, but I want to get your comments. What are your thoughts on Kenley Jansen? Uh, we got, uh, let me just, let's see down here below in the comment section. We got uh, Denny Cortez. We don't need any more cardiac issues with cardiac Kenley. Zuez says, Good Lord, we don't need Kenley. I have this guy. I love this guy, but we should trade for Jesus Luzardo. Young left-handed, controllable for a few years, and he brings the noise. The thing about Luzardo, he's under three years of team control. He'd be extremely expensive. I think the more realistic trade option is going out there and getting a Tanner Scott because they signed James Paxton. You re-signed Clayton Kershaw. You're already looking at a six-man rotation. Luzardo is someone who factors in as a front-of-the-rotation guy for your team. But how about going out there? If I'm going to make a trade for a reliever, it's not going to be for Kenley Jansen, who now this guy's going to be a lot more expensive, but you get what you pay for. And I think if I was going to make one trade, it would be for Devin Williams. Devin Williams is the best reliever in Major League Baseball. And you know, I bring my facts, the fight and the facts, they bring that up. Since 2020, Devin Williams has a 175 ERA. That's first, a 226 FIP. That's second, a 247 expected FIP. That's third, a 40.5 strikeout rate. That's second, a 145 opponent's batting average. That's first, and a 6.8 F4. That's also first. He has the best changeup in the sport it literally is called the airbender. Okay, when you have a pitch called the airbender, you're not from planet Earth, okay? You're a superhero. And that is what Devin Williams is as a reliever. And he's not someone who pumps gas. He doesn't have elite velocity. He averages 94.2 miles per hour on his fastball. But that changeup is so ridiculously elite that it's unhittable. I mean, since 2020, 
He has a 61.1% whiff rate on that changeup. That's more than any pitch in Major League Baseball since 2020. Any pitcher, any pitch, that has the highest whiff rate. The airbender from Devin Williams. Also, he's under contract through the 2025 season. He's set to make $7 million this season as a $10.5 million club option for 2025. And they traded Corbin Burns. They're possibly listening on Willie Adamas. I'm sure the Brewers are always listening. It just depends on the offer. Now, the Brewers did get Joey Ortiz in the Burns deal. You got Bryce Terang. You probably don't need a shortstop in that deal for Gavin Lux. But can you imagine if you pulled off a Devin Williams and Willie Adamas trade, and then you extended Willie Adamas, and he's your defensive shortstop for the future? I'm just thinking big picture, just throwing out ideas, right? Could be wild. And also, too, here's the thing. Let's say, and I'm not saying I want to trade Lux right now because I want to see how Gavin Lux looks. My dream scenario is that Gavin Lux is a multi-time all-star shortstop. I think he has the potential to be that. I think that he has the requisite talent to get that done. But it's the mystery box, like we talked about, right? It's the mystery box. Is he going to be the awesome boat in the glass bottle? Or is he going to be the two tickets to the bad comedy show like we saw in Family Guy, right? I still believe that he has a talent to do it, but it's still an unknown. And there's not many shortstops there on the way up. Sweeney's not someone who's going to be a guy that you can look at as a potential franchise shortstop. Willie Adams is someone, though, defensively, he's elite. He hits for power, strikes out a lot, doesn't get on base, but he's someone that if you get at a reasonable price, he's probably the guy you want to go with. And if you're looking to trade Lux, you can also find a third team in that deal, too. That's also a possibility. Just because the Brewers made those trades and have some shortstops that they could be looking at. Maybe you get a third team involved. There's always ways to trade anyone. It just, it's always about which player do you want? I remember hearing Andrew Friedman. It's about, look, you don't think about the prospect cost. You think about, do you really want that player? And that's the most important thing. And look, the Dodgers don't have that many draft picks, right? They don't have those lower level draft picks and, and things like that. So are you going to be able to draft the shortstop in the future too? Makes you wonder. But let me know down below in the comment section, what are your thoughts on possibly pursuing a trade for Devin Williams? I'm just saying, if you're going to trade for Kenley, you know what you're going to get in Kenley? You know what you're going to get? And Kenley, he's really good. He's not elite Kenley Jansen. That's kind of the problem with looking back at Dodgers in the past. You romanticize, right? You think of a previous era and even though he still is really, really good, if you look under the hood, he isn't as good as he was. He turns, he's getting older. I mean, I just don't know if I would trust him in that huge World Series on the line spot. And he just blown too many big games in the past when he was in his prime to expect that, okay, he deserves complete trust on a team that is so committed to winning. I just don't know if I want to go that route. But and, I just don't think that makes a ton of sense. But let me know down below in the comment section. What are your thoughts on Kenley Jansen? All right. That's the best news I've ever heard. Chip Kelly has, resi has resigned from UCLA and will go to Ohio State. Hey, guys, you know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a long-suffering UCLA Bruin, and we can't have any nice things. But Chip Kelly, I have to leave, guys. I'm actually driving Chip Kelly to the airport right now. Get his ass out there. So, hey, look, look quick hot board for uh, UCLA coaches. I think I want to see Nick Saban as the head coach, Pete Carroll as the defensive coordinator, and then Bill Belichick as UCLA special teams coach. No, actually, wait a minute. They don't have... Tom Brady has no more eligibility, so Bill Belichick won't win. So now I'm just playing. But here we got the top. Will Japanese fans 
be filling up stadiums to watch live Dodger games. That would be awesome to see. Absolutely. I'm sure that there's going to be tons and tons. I think that you'll see Japanese Americans that don't even live in Los Angeles plan trips to Los Angeles just to see him. I'll tell you a story from last summer. Last summer, I was in Anaheim covering Otani's start against the Dodgers and just watching him do long toss before the game and his routine and watching the fans just react to his bullpen session, to his pregame warm-up, and just looking at that environment, that atmosphere, it felt like Elvis was in the building, right? It felt like not an athlete star. It felt like a pop star, a movie star, right? And I remember asking everyone around me, like, where are you guys from? Where are you guys from? There were people from Canada, Japan, Texas, Northern California. Someone's from Colombia. Someone from Colombia that had purchased his original glove before he had switched over to New Balance, right? And the, the fandom with Otani is similar to, I think, it exceeds, I think, on a, well, I think it's probably pretty close. I mean, look, if you remember when the Lakers signed LeBron, you got the LeBron fans that wear like the St. Vincent, St. Mary jerseys, right? They just, it doesn't matter what team they play for. They're going to be LeBron fans. You absolutely get that element, that dynamic with Shohei Otani. I think as it pertains to the Japanese community, I mean, I have a sense of pride just because he puts on that Los Angeles Dodgers uniform, right? Imagine the sense of pride that people that are Japanese, 112 million in that country have with him representing this team and him. I mean, I've done some interviews with Japanese media, and when I speak glowingly of Shohei Otani, they're giddy. They get the biggest smiles. They're cheesing because of how proud they are in Shohei Otani. I mean, look, I saw something online where... In Japan, they polled who was the most famous person in the country. Literally, over 97% said Shohei Otani. Over 97% of people. If you did that in the United States, who would you even say? I mean, maybe some people would say Taylor Swift. I mean, I mean, I don't even know who we would say. I mean, athletes maybe could do Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jackson has actually ranked as the third most famous person of all time. Who's first and second? Jesus and Muhammad. So that's tough to crack that top three. But let me know down below in the comment section where your thoughts on Kenley Jansen. And we're going to get out of here pretty soon. We got some more stuff we want to get into on this show about seven storylines you want to look for. And I'm going to expand on those in individual episodes. I'm going to drop these storylines and then we're going to go deep into each of these storylines on some dugout, some afternoon dugouts where you get deep into the numbers here. But uh, let's go down below in the comment section. By the way, just a little update on the Dodgers dugout live poll question of the show. I asked you guys over on Dodgers Nation Twitter, will Shohei Otani go down as a Mount Rushmore Dodger? And currently that poll, it is flying. You guys are really uh, interested in this poll. We got, uh, let's see here. We got 81%, 81% say yes. 81% say that yes. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, Otani will go down as a Mount Rushmore Dodger. But let's read some of these comments. Please don't bring Kenley back. That's from Matthew Woodworth. We got Hello DMAC from Robert. Mr. Classic, what's the difference? We already have Bruce Dark Gratterall, no Kenley, no Kike, no Jansen. DMAC, what'd you think of the Kobe sculpt sculpture? Okay, so Anthony, I'm going to look. This is an LA show. Of course, Kobe Bryant is related to Shohei Otani because. His video to try to recruit Shohei Otani 
Otani said that was the biggest highlight of the meeting. So I thought it was great. I think that the statue with the number one, the 81-point game, it's an indelible image. It's the image that you think of when you think of the number eight version, the post-Shaq version of Kobe Bryant. I thought it was awesome. I mean, and like, honestly, it doesn't really matter. You know why? Because what did Vanessa say? If you don't like it, tough, you know what? So I thought it was cool. I definitely want to see. We're talking to my uh, friend. If you guys see all the elite, fantastic social media content that's done by our guy, Noel Sanchez. Follow him at Noise by Noel. We were talking about it, and we both want to see the jersey tug when he was doing the jersey tug for 24. And then the GG one, I'm assuming they're going to do, is when they're probably in this courtside when he's uh, wearing that Eagles jersey. But, yeah, I mean, come on now. I mean, the thing about the Kobe 81-point game that blows my mind, I've seen it countless number of times, is... One, like Phil Jackson said during the show, during his speech. By the way, I think Phil Jackson absolutely killed that. I think that when he said that they needed it, right? He talked about how he benched him when he had 62 against the Mavericks. They needed all 81 to win that game. And what's crazy to me is he had 14 in the first, 12 in the second. I believe it was 27 in the third and 28 in the fourth. So look at that second half scoring right there. We're never going to see anything like that ever again. But shout out to... Luka Doncic for hitting 73. But I liked it. I thought it was awesome. I can't wait to go see it. And yeah, it was definitely mixed emotions yesterday. That was not the easiest day to go and, and watch that for sure. But uh, the great legend, the North Star of Los Angeles, like I always say, the great Kobe Bean Bryant. But uh, got some more comments here down below. You got... Uh, <laughs> this one's funny. I'll probably skip that one. We got... Um, Nomo threw so many pitches. That's from I Got Jams. Yeah, there was a game where he threw a complete game in Japan where he actually had 16 walks and threw, I think it was 191 pitches in that game. So think about how insane that is. But yeah, Nomo was great. I'm so excited that you guys are talking about Nomo because we're going to drop a video with Fred Clary. He dropped some stuff that I'd never heard before, some really interesting stuff about his history. But we got... Uh, you think Shohei will play in spring training? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's going to get his work in. We got uh, Ray Soto. Agree a statue would be an action pose. We got Daniel Kennedy. Yes. Great to have Jansen back. So there, this is not a, I did the poll over a week ago. I think it was over 75% so they didn't want to see Kenley Jansen back. But uh, let's see. One second here. Uh, we got uh, great to agree. We got uh, now you're sounding more like your authentic. Okay, man, that is uh, Craig Osterberg. Ken League train has left the station. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that one. It just feels like that. We're probably not going to see that. We got uh, 275 vet. Okay, so y'all want lugs hitting close to 300, but 70th percentile on defense, or do you blank Miggy? At the 90th percentile on defense hitting 20. I mean, Miggy was minus seven outs above average last season. So he was actually a below average defender. So I don't think that you could bank on that by any means. But let's dive into that. We got real quick before we head out here, we're going to give you guys seven storylines to watch for Dodgers spring training. Seven storylines to watch for Dodgers spring training. Let's go. We got uh, the first one. It's pretty simple. The first one is pretty simple here. And that is... Will Shohei Otani be healthy enough to play in Seoul, Korea? What will he look in like in his Dodger debut? How much will he participate in spring training? I think that's a big one. I think that 
really, they're going to trust Shohei. He understands what he's doing. He knows how to get himself ready for his season. And I anticipate him to get his work in. And like he said, he's going to treat this like his rookie season. Well, rookies don't sit out all of spring training, right? So he's going to want to be ready. He's going to want to get his rhythm. And I think that is going to be something they're going to have to focus on as well. And then how's about another one? With Mookie at second base and Lux returning to shortstop, what does this mean for Miguel Rojas in this infield? Is Gavin Lux going to be able to take that position and run with it? Will Gavin Lux prove himself to be the full-time everyday shortstop? Because if you looked at his numbers when he was a shortstop, they weren't great. They were below average, but the organization has looked at him. They say his defense is fair and for him it's about being productive if he hits 270 if he hits 270 and plays solid shortstop the Dodgers can live with that they absolutely can and he's projected at 259 with 10 home runs a 102 weighted runs created plus but like I said in 2021 among 34 shortstop with 40 50 innings played his minus five outs above average was the eighth worst among shortstops. So he still has to prove that he can be a big league shortstop. We had Chris Taylor on the show last week, and CT told us that with the restricted shift, you have to be more athletic. You have to be a little more rangy. Your reads have to be better. You have to be able to take that extra step or two and be a little quicker. So that's going to be a big one because he's coming off that knee injury. But here's something for the Lux doubters out there. When he was batting eighth or ninth that season, Lux had a 129 weighted runs created plus in 299 plate appearances and a 797 OPS. So he's like your second leadoff guy. As long as the offense is solid, you can live with average to below average defense. So that's going to be a big one. How will Gavin Lux take on that shortstop role? But uh, got some more questions down below here. We got uh, Tom Stevens, 92. Can you name the seven ways to reach first base? All right. I like this. Can I name the seven ways to reach first base? Well, obviously there's a hit and then there's obviously there's a walk. Then you can get hit. And then there's a drop third strike. And of course you can reach by an error and then fielder's choice. That's six. Now what's the last one? There's seven. So we got those for six. Oh, then catcher's interference. There you go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Those are seven ways you can get on base. Catcher's interference. But that is going to do for this episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. And we're going to be back with you this weekend. We've got some really exciting interviews coming up. We're going to do the rest of the storylines for spring training that you don't want to miss. Also, are there going to be any new deals? Will they make any trades this weekend? Could we see a Kenley Jansen deal? It feels like we're at least at three Dodger dogs with that, where there is serious smoke. And I'm dropping a video with Fred Claire. You don't want to miss that. The Dodgers GM had some very interesting takes on Kirsch, on Otani, on Nomo. And then tomorrow I'm dropping an interview with the world's foremost uniform expert, Mr. Paul Lucas. And Paul Lucas, we talked about the new Dodgers uniform and you're going to want to hear my takes on that because I am not happy about it. Give your Super Bowl pick. My Super Bowl pick is I got, I've got the team, I've got Taylor Swift's boyfriend's team beating the 49ers. Give me Andy Reid, who I think is the best NFL coach of the modern era, better than Bill Belichick. I think he's way more influential. He's always going to have plays that you don't know about from L.A., big Tommy's Burgers guy. 
I got my Kansas City Chiefs. Not my kid. They're my Chiefs this weekend. I got the Chiefs beating the 49ers 26 to 17. 26 to 17. Look what that Chiefs defense did to Lamar Jackson. So three rings for Patrick Mahomes. I think the cutaways, the over-under for cutaways for Taylor Swift, I think you're going to see six cutaways. I mean, I think, like I said, she should come dressed as the Chiefs mascot, like the KC Chiefs mascot. So it's going to be very interesting. So it's going to be really exciting. Super Bowl weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday for Dodgers Dugout Live. But thanks again, as always. A couple more walk-off shots right now. I'll do some walk-off shots down below. We got Casey, unfortunately, as a Raider fan. This Super Bowl is a Raider. But, hey, I saw Crosby. He was on Colin Coward. He was talking about how he was rooting for the Chiefs because they took down that, that Chiefs team. The Raiders, they balled out on the road. That's Noel Sanchez. Raiders. We got RLTW if you're Raiders fan. The Super Bowl is up. We got uh, the difficult thing about Kelly leaving. You see, okay, this is an all sports show. I like it though. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. But I mean, trust me, it's all he did not want to be there. Mr. Irrelevant with the game winner to McCaffrey. Hey, that's my Super Bowl pick is MVP. I got to go with Patrick Mahomes, but I mean, CMC. I think the, I think the, the, the 49ers, I want to say they're nine and O. Oh their last nine games when he's had 75 or more rushing yards. So CMC is, is the ticket for them. He's an absolute beast. Samuel, as long as nobody does, Kershaw signing is now official from Mr. Classic. But that is going to do it. But guys, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. Enjoy your Super Bowl weekend because when Super Bowl weekend ends, that's when really Dodgers season begins so it'll be time for dodger baseball it'll really feel like the season's getting going on monday but thanks again enjoy your weekend and until next time think blue bleed blue in a roaring stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas Bring them home. Bring them home.